A building that has been falling down in St. Matthew's is finally getting some attention. Plus, we got a fraud accusation around an upcoming beer festival. We're going to talk about it all on Access Louisville this week. Stick around. Thanks for joining us. My name is David Mann, and joining me today is Haley Cawthon. Hi there. Brooke Timmons. Hi, hi. And Zach Owens. Hey, guys. Access Louisville is a weekly podcast from Louisville Business First. Each week, we bring you the latest news and the sharpest opinions on this city we love, Louisville, Kentucky. But before we do that, I'm going to start this show the way I always do, with a difficult question for our panel. So guys, we had a story go up last week about a new eSports tournament coming to the University of Louisville. It's going to be in April, and uh, players are going to be uh, competing in Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, League of Legends, Fortnite. So my question is, to you guys, what is the last video game you were really into or really good at? And it can be a console game like Super Smash Bros. or something like on your mobile phone like Candy Crush, if that's more your speed. Uh, Haley, I'll start with you. I know you played some Smash Brothers for a yeah, while. Yeah, I was going to say, my husband and I play Smash Brothers regularly, and I am great at one character and one character only. It's Jiggly Kirby. Oh. No, Kirby. Kirby. <laughs> Scott plays as Jiggly sometimes. <laughs> who's Jiggly? Jiggly was a Pokemon. It was right? a Pokemon. Oh. It's <laughs> like little and pink. pink. Yeah. He kind of looks like Kirby. kind of looks like Kirby. That's a real yeah. intimidating fight. Yeah. <laughs> Kirby versus Jiggly. Jiggly yeah. But Kirby, uh, Kirby's my guy or girl i think kirby's non-binary i don't know yeah exactly uh that yeah good answer um how about you brooke um so i don't know if i could ever claim that i was ever good at any <laughs> video games um and i haven't played a ton um in a long time but back in college we would have um we would play guitar hero a lot oh yeah um and we would have we would play super smash brothers and um we would do what's the mario kart we would have, like, Mario oh, Kart course, tournaments, yeah. so, yeah. That's always a favorite. Um, do you remember what difficulty you would play uh, Guitar Hero on? Like, easy, um, I think I got, like, to medium. Yeah, yeah I think that's yeah. about. But, like, there are certain songs that come on that I'll still be, like, green, green, yellow, red, red, <laughs> red, yellow. <laughs> okay, I have an embarrassing story. I was at um, Main Event Entertainment, and uh, it was the first time I played Guitar Hero in, like, 10 years because I used to play it at home. And I was like sitting there doing the the, the the fretting, but then forgot that you're supposed to be using the <laughs> other thing too. I'm like, why well, isn't this registering? This thing's broken. But then I realized, oh, I also got to flick this. So. Okay. Anyway, uh, Zach. Uh, probably the last game I got <clears throat> really into was uh, FIFA, I think, 12. Uh, I used to just run some people on Xbox Live. It yeah. Became Boy, oh, man, it's so competitive. Um, was that like FIFA from 2012? Or? Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Uh, I never got into FIFA. Uh, I love this question because, I mean, you guys know it, but n I never talk about it on the show. I'm a big video game nerd, so uh, I play a lot of Smash Brothers uh, as well. I'm not very good at it. Um, uh, and then I'm a big Destiny 2 player. Uh, that's probably the game I play most. And I wouldn't say I'm good at it because there are definitely people better than me, but uh, but it's like a competitive shooter. And I'm, I'm not bad for an old man, so uh, I'll put it that <laughs> way. <laughs> but... Uh, Anyway, I'm glad uh, glad you all had uh, some good uh, video game suggestions for our uh, listeners there. And this eSports tournament sounds pretty interesting. Uh, I think from a technology 
perspective that could maybe bring some interest to our town. So I can't yeah. believe how just legitimized esports has yeah. become. Oh, like yeah. Those else. tournaments sure. are insane. And I think I read somewhere that a guy won like $4 million or something. Yeah. And I'm like, wow. Yeah, let your kids play video games. They <laughs> so can make bank. <laughs> my mom actually recently um, apologized to my brother because she was like, I'm so sorry that I told you you would never be able to make money doing this. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Like, if you're put good that enough, down you can. and go study. <laughs> and <laughs> but I'm here to tell you, to speak for the masses, I play lots of video games. I'm never making any money off of it. So it's they're not making a, money you off of you. Pretty, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But you have to be pretty special to make money. Kids are getting <laughs> college scholarships to play yeah, video games. I know, yeah. It yeah. is sanctioned by the KHSAA. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Yeah. And I think there, I, I don't know if there are any like college teams yet, but I know a lot of colleges are talking about it. And like it could be an NCAA like regulated <laughs> sport at some point. Well, I we think there's like an NBA. Of course, then it would just go downhill. Like I think the Pacers had an esports league huh. um, oh. that like played as the Pacers on. Uh, oh really? That's the interesting. NBA game. I I remember hearing that when I still lived in Northern Indiana, but huh. uh, haven't checked up on it since yeah. then. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that sounds interesting. They played like. Well, the, like the NBA, whatever the... Is it called NBA 2K or yeah. Like yeah. something like that? Yeah. yeah, that's what they played. Wow, interesting. Yeah. I wonder if every team did that, if it was just like one or two. Um, interesting stuff. Uh, so I'm going to move us on from there, and we're going to talk about the uh, troubled St. Matthew's building that I teased earlier in the show. Haley's been following that story since probably the right about the time you started working in business first. Uh, <laughs> it uh, uh, roof collapsed there. Uh, at this building uh, last summer, and we've kind of just been watching it, trying to figure out what what the heck's going on. So I guess explain where the building is and, and what's the latest. Okay, I'm going to phone a friend because I have no idea how to pronounce the avenue. She told me beforehand, but I still can't pronounce it. So, Brooke. It's Exley. Exley Avenue. But it's spelled with an O. It looks like O-Chelsea or something. Yes. <laughs> this is right <laughs> by the Sears building where the big lots is. Right, right. Yeah. It's right in St. Matthew's. Um, and uh, yeah. it's a prominent property and prominent eyesore now because <laughs> it's just got a bunch of fences around it. Um, the roof collapsed in July. Um, people were like in the building when this happened. <laughs> uh, you wrote. Yeah, about I wrote about uh, I talked to Korean Koreans, rest, the Korean restaurant there. And the owner there said that, you know, insulation was falling from the ceiling. And she's like, this seems weird. And like called the landlord and said, "Hey, can you come check this out?" And then hours later, they get there and they're like, "Well, just don't sit people in this part of your restaurant where the insulation insulation is coming out." And then, like an hour or so later, uh, the roof collapsed um, in front of their, like by their entrance, is what she was yeah, saying. Yeah, not not where the insulation not, was not where the insulation out. was <laughs> coming out. Um, and so they stopped operating that day. But I think the rest of the building. Uh, wasn't condemned until like a week later. So there was still business. <laughs> so there were still businesses operating there. So the um, it's you been an ongoing thing, and the owners have been like left, like just wondering if they'll um, be able to move back in at some point or if they're going to fix it. Um, and now there's a new uh, interesting tidbit: is that the building is being sold. Uh, a sale is pending. Someone bought it, <laughs> and we don't know what's happening with it. So hopefully a roofer. That's yes, a ho- <laughs> hopefully a unique g- fixer upper. Yeah. Yeah. And so the listing on this property, I don't know if anyone saw the story that we wrote last week, um, but the listing is linked on there. 
Uh, it was listed for just under $3 million, which is more than its assessed value of $2.7 million, and the listing mentions nothing about the gaping hole <laughs> inside of it. Um, I have a lot of questions. Location, I think location, everyone, location. everyone does. Um, there's a lot of speculation that uh, you know someone's just going to bulldoze it down. A lot of the restaurants and other retail tenants have since found new places to operate, like Havana Rumba has moved. Um, Half Peach has been operating in and out of uh, other establishments, like been selling their goods at, you know, pop-up events and that kind of thing. And Kareem has kind of been one of the, you know, last mainstays saying, like, we want to reopen in this building. We just want it to be fixed, and it's not happening. So Kareem uh, filed a lawsuit um, at the end of November, beginning of December, you know, just saying, like, they breached their contract because we've been paying fees, um, for maintenance purposes, mm-hmm. like it's the landlord's duty to repair the facility, like if that happens, and they haven't. So uh, Havana Rumba and Kareem are now suing Gallery of St. Matthews as an LLC. Um, mm-hmm. So we'll see what happens with that. Um, I've called lawyers on every side and uh, no responses. Um, the, mm-hmm. lo- the lawyers representing Gallery of St. Matthews um, have always declined to comment on pending litigation. Yeah. Um, and you mentioned several of the restaurants there. I just want, want to make sure we didn't leave anybody out. Uh, Kareem's in there. Uh, Del Frisco's. Del yep. Frisco. Half Peach Bakery. Half Peach Bakery. Um, and as far as we know, um, I mean Havana Rumba has moved. Havana Rumba moved to the former Wayland's Feed and Firewater place, and I think it's called like Mojito, Mojito in, in Havana. Havana. Yeah. yeah. So kind of like a mix of yeah. their menus. I heard it was a fusion restaurant. That yeah. So it's yeah. not like they also own a true Mokido's, right? Right. Yep. And so they kind of combine. So it's some of the favorites from both yeah. the restaurants. Yeah. So the Barstown Road location is still called Havana Rumba. Mm-hmm. And right. so is the one in Middletown. Oh, yeah. I forgot about the Middletown. The, yeah, and then this one is Mojitos in Havana. Yep. What a mm-hmm. fun name. Uh, and then do we know if any of the other ones have opened up anywhere else? Like I said, Half Peach has been operating kind of like they've been um, – selling at pop-up events at other places, um, mm-hmm. but they haven't, you know, found a brick-and-mortar place like they used to have. Um, Kareem hasn't. Uh, I don't know what where Del Frisco stands. I tried to get a hold of him um, when I was talking to Kareem just to see, you know, what their plans were, um, and I'm not sure if they plan to move somewhere else or if they're just, like, waiting to see if that building will be fixed. There so. was some chatter that they had planned to move into the uh, – First floor of the Kentucky Thoroughbred Society building on oh, Main really? Street next oh, to the Ice House. Oh, that's a that big change. Yeah, yeah, but that uh, I don't know where that stands. Yeah, that project you took a tour of it last <laughs> year. It was uh, <laughs> I mean, still very. There's some work away. to be done. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so uh, horrible to hear these. Uh, you know, for these restaurants. Um, did you guys ever eat at any of these restaurants? Uh, no, Zach. You said you'd eaten at uh, Havana Rumba a couple of times. Yeah. I, I, Ate at Havana Rumba a bunch. Uh, went to Del Frisco's a few times. Uh, last time I went to Del Frisco's, it felt pretty dated, so it changed oh, yeah, the location. Yeah, I felt like it felt like 1970. Yeah. Is Del Frisco's a chain or is it local? Is it I think local? it's a chain. I, I don't know. I'm pretty sure it's a chain. So I know there's. I think there's a Del Frisco's. Only we had access it, to all the yeah. information in yeah, the world. Hold on, let me let me Google that. You well, keep talking. I think there's a I Del Frisco's steakhouse in Nashville and Dallas, but I'm not sure if it is owned by the same family. 
Business First once had its Christmas party at Del Frisco's like two or three years ago. Which is the, the one time. and only time I've been there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was the only time I'd ever been there, and it did feel dated at the time. Speaking so. of dated concepts, I'm really bummed out about Jerry's closing. I didn't know that there was <laughs> oh a yeah. Jerry's here. <laughs> that's uh, that's the other restaurant news we had this week was Jerry's is closing on Dixie Highway. Yeah, it's the it last one. It's the last one. There was actually one. So I grew up in a small town called Winslow, Indiana, and there was a neighboring city called Oakland City, and there was a Jerry's there when I was growing up and it was like the cool place to eat because there was like two restaurants and Jerry's was like, (laughs) 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 let's go upscale tonight. We'll get some pie at Jerry's. (laughs) Put on a shirt. We're going to Jerry's. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But we, uh, we loved that restaurant when I was a kid and it got converted into a Denny's, um, still a Denny's today operating in Oakland city. But anyways, yeah, um, I'm getting off topic here. Yeah, we are off topic. Uh, There was uh, there was one in Jeff is for a while as well, and it, it went away. Did you find anything about Del Frisco's? That's, okay, why, that's so why we're <laughs> stalling. <laughs> <laughs> so their website is Del Frisco's Lou, so, and it says the original Del Frisco's, and they have a mobile app and everything. But it, that is high tech. Hmm. It's high tech, but it seems like there's no only Jerry's. one. There's they, <laughs> when it says it says dine with us, here's our address, and it puts the Google map, and it, so it's, I don't it know. It seems to be local. The Del Frisco's mobile app is the most used app on my phone. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, your screen time goes through the it. roof if you have that app. So, um, all right, I think that's enough of that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's talk about this other uh, kind of serious story. I keep I usually bring on fun stories, but there hadn't been that many fun stories this week. Um, it's been a lot of serious stuff, like buildings falling down and fraud. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so this week, uh, Haley had another story about uh, a new beer festival coming to town called the Louisville Winter Beer Fest. But uh, things haven't gone smoothly as a uh, uh, th- this festival organizers claim that a fraudster on Facebook has been posing as the festival and soliciting vendors for the event and taking their money uh, for a booth at their event. And, and then they come forward and say, hey, we haven't been soliciting these vendors. It's some somebody else doing this uh, on our behalf and keeping the money. Uh, so I guess uh, I thought the response to this was interesting from the Beer Fest. So what was their response to it? Yeah, so the Beer Fest people, like, put out an entire press release and were like, um, yeah, this isn't us, but if you've been targeted by this person and paid fees to this person, we don't want you to, like, totally lose out. So you can come and show your – because it's small business vendors, like right. crafting vendors that would typically go to, like, a craft fair and not like a beer festival. Yeah. <laughs> and they're just letting them show at their event. At they the, and then they don't have to pay. And they don't have to pay if they've already like paid pay this person. So <laughs> essentially the Louisville Beer Fest is like taking a loss on this. Um, not that they would typically hire those types of vendors because they're not beer or like, I don't know, rustic American related. Oh, so but I didn't realize that they wouldn't have had these kind of vendors there. Yeah, not, not all of them. I mean, some of them they would. Uh, so... If you're unfamiliar with Louisville Winter Beer Fest, it's actually um, related to the folks um, Cincinnati Winter Beer Fest and uh, Columbus Winter Beer Fest, Cleveland. So These guys like drinking beer yes, in the winter. Yes, they, they <laughs> like drinking beer in the winter in the Midwest because what else is there to do? But <laughs> um, they're owned by this company called Festivals Unlimited, and it's based in Covington. So Louisville is their fifth and newest city that they're doing this concept in. Um, the Cincinnati one has like 20,000 people that go to it over the two day period. So it's a big event there. First time for it here. Um, and they got hit with this, like 
scam artist that, that was just like I'm. I think this is so bizarre because it if is. I were a fraudster, I would masquerade as someone that people have heard of, like Derby Festival. Well, <laughs> well, maybe the reason why they like could get away with it is because it's a first year for yeah. it. And yeah. It doesn't have a lot of recognition or a lot of like roots in the city. Yeah, roots. I don't know. It's because people wouldn't know. It's a bizarre target. People don't know who like is behind Louisville Winter Beer Fest yet. Yeah. Um. So maybe what, they just drive by and see a flyer and say, "Let's <laughs> let's scam people." On I just don't yeah, even just, know how your I'm mind gets to this. Same. <laughs> <laughs> this is like catfish uh, for <laughs> like I'm Neve. <laughs> yeah. Um. It's funny. Funny backstory. Haley had catfished in the headline, and I took it out. Uh, <laughs> Th- these are the it. things we go through. I <laughs> ran it by Zach. I ran it by well. Jason was on your side and said no thanks. I, see, I think catfishing involves a, like a personal relationship rather than a business relationship. I think a business can be catfished. I agree. Brooke, what's your what's your take on it? I'm on team catfish. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, uh, I like didn't ask anyone. I was just like, nope, not happening. <laughs> right up. I I didn't care. I wasn't. I didn't feel that strongly about it either way. I just thought it was a. This is like the first we've seen something like this happen, at least, you know, in this yeah. sense. <laughs> There's been, fr- yeah, plenty of fraud, sure. Yeah. But, um, uh, but this is the first time I can remember something like this. A brand new event comes to town and they, like, somebody poses as them and tries to steal money from small And businesses. by the way, we've been talking about it. It's on February 14th and 15th. Yes. So happy so Valentine's yeah. Day. Where is it? Nice. Did we the already talk about kick. that? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's K- Kentucky International Convention Center, full name, sorry. Yeah. The cool kids call it kick. Um, and so do we. And <laughs> we are among those cool kids, <laughs> we think. And, and uh, so so anyway, uh, do, do you know how many uh, vendors were defrauded? Uh, so we don't know how many were actually defrauded because from the story that I got from the festival organizers, um, they found the solicitor in one Facebook group that had been messaging vendors in that Facebook group, but then she heard that 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 fraudster had also been in other Facebook groups and getting a lot of attention there. Hmm. So they don't know how widespread this is, and they've reported it to authorities and um, are trying to help vendors recoup their losses. So they're asking people to reach out to them if they've been contacted by... um, a female fraudster posing as Louisville Beer Fest. You gotta check and see if your contracts are fraudulent. You gotta hand it to these scammers. They're getting more creative and more elaborate oh by God. the day. Yeah, the oh, age we're sure. living in. I mean, it's like the age of fraud now. Yeah. <laughs> well, right, and you know, we have mandatory cybersecurity training that we have to do once a quarter. And yeah. It's at first it started out with this is what a website is, and now it's like, oh, I didn't know they could do <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, now they actually give good advice because yeah. they've gotten that technical. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, uh, do you guys have any favorite uh, attempts to be frauded? I I'll give you an example. I get this voicemail occasionally that's like. Uh, yeah, hi there. I'm calling from the credit company. You need to call <laughs> about your account. It's really in bad shape. And the woman sounds really exasperated when she's explaining this to me, but she really kind of sounds like she wants to help me out. And I know that uh, that it's fraud. <laughs> I, I looked at my credit report. Everything's cool. And they get like three like <laughs> follow-up calls from her. It's like, this is going to be the last time. I just yeah. really wanted to check back like, in. It's like the worst overacted uh, <laughs> voicemail that you could receive. I get it. Uh, it's been a while. I used to get it a lot, maybe six months ago, and then I guess they sent me to fake collections or something. <laughs> but, uh, but I checked on it. It's, it's definitely fake. Uh, any any favorite phishing schemes you guys have uh, encountered? Yeah, I have one. Um, so 
This happened at my old newspaper. We get scam emails all the time, like I'm sure everyone here does still, but we got the scam email from someone saying, it was sent to everyone in the newsroom saying that we found your adult film profile. Oh my God. And said that they were going to expose you unless uh, you paid them 10,000 Bitcoin. <laughs> now, did anyone start sweating? <laughs> Not that I was aware of. Like, I don't know if anyone's like furiously emailing them back. Like, how did you know? What's but my Bitcoin log on? <laughs> that's a lot of Bitcoin. Right <laughs> yeah, no, that's like a country's worth of Bitcoin. <laughs> Some days. At least make realistic demands. <laughs> yeah, I guess it depends on it the It depends day. on the Bitcoin day. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, Brooke, you got one? I have no fun. Like, I just ignore them. I just, like, I don't listen to the voicemails. I don't do anything. But I was talking to uh, my best friend on the phone the other day, and we were talking because uh, uh, they got kind of some – they got scammed, and – so we were talking about that, and uh, I was like, you know, I was on the Amazon app the other day, and this is how, like, I, I trust no one. I was on the Amazon app getting ready to order something, and it was like, you need to change your password. And I was like, it's a fraud. It's a scam. <laughs> <laughs> and I, like, backed out of it, and I, like, I did it three times until I realized, like, oh, no, Amazon just really wants me to change my password. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Uh, Zach, you got one? Uh, I get about three calls a week. Uh, from some robot notifying me that there's a active warrant out for my arrest. Oh, jeez. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure if I would take that call, it would uh, connect me to some Russian guy. He can oh, help you out with Speaking your of Russian guys, uh, Dimitri. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. You got your Instagram hack, Dimitri. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm like, what are you talking about? Yeah, my Insta I've told this story on here before, but um, I logged out of Instagram once for like five years, and then when I logged back in, it was under the name Dimitri, and the email address had been changed to some, uh, it looked Russian, uh, email address. And somehow I was able to recover it, I guess using my Facebook credentials, and I just changed it. And Dimitri had deleted all my photos. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Dimitri. <laughs> like four, all four of them were gone, all four of the photos. Had Dimitri <laughs> uploaded any of his own? No, no. Uh, and that, so I Googled it, and apparently this happened to a lot of people like, in 2017 and like including some active users and i was inactive at the time and uh and i didn't know didn't catch it until like 2019 <laughs> so <laughs> dimitri had it for a few years don't think he, did anything with it. <laughs> he wasn't using it so i took it back dimitri's <laughs> a good man i wouldn't expect that kind of thing <laughs> no, i was <laughs> i was really shocked um he must uh, he must have fell on hard times <laughs> if he's still in my valuable instagram account <laughs> oh your influencer status <laughs> yeah yeah uh, you can dream, Dimitri, but you'll never be me. Um, <laughs> all right. I think that's it for this week's show, unless there was any other fraud-related talk we wanted to go into. Uh, my wife gets um, regular emails. They they appear to be from Apple, but they say app.pull. <laughs> 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 I'm like, those, those are not from Apple. <laughs> oh, speaking of that, I... Uh, I've been getting calls from a number that is identical to the Apple 1-800 support line, oh, and it's a scam. So it's wow. getting like super, super elaborate that they're able to like uh, spoof these legitimate so numbers. So I am like, I, I, I figure that like if something is an actual like problem, they will reach out to me from two different kind of things. Like I'll get something in the mail. And I'll get a phone call from you. <laughs> like, otherwise, I'm not responding. So, yeah. so I don't know what to do with this one. Um, T-Mobile, like I was working on getting a rebate for my old phone at T-Mobile, 
And then I got a text from them, which included um, like this online thing called a wire card, which is like a credit card for online use only. And it had the rebate amount on it, but it was way higher than what I discussed with T-Mobile. So I was like, is this a fraud or is T-Mobile actually giving me too much money? <laughs> and I still don't know what to do with it. So I'm just... I'm just sitting there. You can't trust anybody. I know. <laughs> I know. And you it can't. came from like the T-Mobile text address that they had, you know, sent, you know, they had used to send me all this other stuff. So I'm like, well, it came from a legit like T-Mobile number. number. Yeah. Who knows? But like they said they were going to give me X amount and they gave me like $50 more than that. And I'm like, is this, did they just do this wrong? Like, am I going to have to give this back? Like, is this some scheme? So I would just call. I would just call customer service. Yeah, yeah. but then again, like they gave but me more than I thought. But don't call the number that's on the card. You need to go to the website or whatever. Like I guess so. T-Mobile yeah. legitimate customer See, service line. And it like, just adds more work for you. It does. To write. It's like this. these frauds are so like, sophisticated anymore. Guys, don't <laughs> click links and emails. Come on. Oh, oh speaking what of. What would our training tell speaking us? Speaking of frauds, has anyone watched uh, Spamalot? No. Or not spam a lot, scam a lot, maybe. Mm -hmm. It's like this guy who does these like quick clips of like where he's like responding to the Nigerian prince. Oh, <laughs> yeah. That's yeah, guy. He's awesome. He, he's so funny. It's on Amazon video. Um, it, it's good for a laugh if yeah. you need a laugh. Yeah. Um, yeah, the Nigerian prince one, that one got worn out pretty quickly. <laughs> so. uh, but uh, we'll wrap it up there and go to uh, the outro. Before I sign off, I'm going to let everybody go around the room and share their social media handles. You can also plug something that you're working on. And Zach, I'll start with you. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at LBF Zach. Right now, Brooke and I are working on our uh, Healthcare Heroes special publication. Mm -hmm. We're about to start uh, laying out the physical paper. Uh, that was a lot of work, uh, several months, you know, uh, work, working through nominations and getting interviews. Um, but that's about to be put to bed, and simultaneously I'm working on our commercial real estate champions special, uh, which I believe is set for April. Yes. But there are a lot of uh, plates Movie, spinning at yeah. Yeah, yeah, moving parts this is with like that, that one. time yeah. of year. Yeah, I'm just getting really busy. Yeah. yeah. So. Uh, Brooke. Uh, well, as Zach said, uh, I'm working on Healthcare Heroes and um, the paper, and uh, I'm planning at home. So, again, if anybody has any ideas for at home, if you want us to come and look at your home and take pictures, hit up, hit me up on, on, on the internet. Speaking of, you can find me at, at BF Blue Designer on Twitter, uh, on nice Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> on Instagram at btimmons26 and you can email me at at btimmons at bizjournals.com yes and uh, you can find me at bfludavid on Twitter I'm also on Instagram as dman3001 uh, it's been a while since I've posted I swear Dimitri every week, we need you to post every <laughs> week I say I'm gonna post something on Instagram and then I never do uh, and I'm also on LinkedIn a lot and that's probably if you're uh, uh Working professional here in Louisville, it's a good place to meet me because I share a lot of content there. Uh, and uh, as far as stuff I'm working on, I just uh, did a profile of a startup company called Forecaster. A um, couple of very interesting folks, um, startup folks. Uh, they started this um, online financial modeling company. This is very useful for entrepreneurs and startups. And they just got accepted into this pretty prestigious program called Techstars. It's like a business accelerator. Um, and uh, had a good interview with them. The story went up yesterday. You can just uh, search Forecaster with no E, just Forecast and then an R. Um, if, you, uh, if you look for that story, you'll find it there. So, uh, Haley, I'll 
turn over to you. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at BFLewHaley. I'm most active on there. I try to be active on LinkedIn, but it's mostly like just responding to messages on yeah. LinkedIn and <laughs> not posting my stories as much as I should. Um, but for something that I'm working on, I just talked to the co-founder of Pet First. And if you guys recall, Pet First was acquired by MetLife or is in the process of being right. acquired by MetLife. The deal is expected to close in, I think, the second quarter of this year. Um, or by the end of the first quarter, I can't remember exactly. But um, so I talked to the co-founder about his exit strategy. He also founded ServiceNet, if you guys recall that company. I uh, remember it. So mm-hmm. I think that'll be an interesting piece for founders looking to replicate that success. Yeah, yeah, exits. Those are. Uh, those, uh, I'm sure a lot of founders uh, have have worried about those in the past. So. Um, if you like what you hear, consider subscribing to Access Louisville on popular podcast services such as Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, and Radio Public. Uh, and otherwise, uh, thank you very much, Haley, Brooke, and Zach. Thank you guys for listening at home. Until next time, bye. See you. Bye.